The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We got live baseball games to talk about in spring training. We have a live pitch clock to talk about, too. All coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're sponsored by Fantrax, the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports, and Underdog Fantasy, home of the biggest best ball contest in the industry. I am Scott Jenstead. Joined, as always, on Sunday nights by uh, Jeff Erickson. Jeff, five weeks in, I finally didn't trip my words in the intro. This is a, is a, is a big moment. You're hitting your stride, dude. Yeah. It's early. Don't it's, You're it's, peaking it's, too soon. As you say, it's almost March. It only took, about a, only took a little bit more than a month for me not to mess up the first two sentences of the podcast. Hey, achievement unlocked. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I would have been better if Eric Cole would have made that putt on the playoff hole and we would, you know, moved on and won or, or chipped better uh, when he had a chance uh, on 18. Lots of things that could have gone a little bit better on that one there. But still, I got a guy that finished second up fresh off the waiver wire. So that uh, was good. I not golf related. I, I mean, not baseball related, but hey, sorry. I, I crunched the numbers in a golf league. It's February 26th and I'm actually mathematically eliminated. That's a pretty impressive Dude, I looked at the standings. Yeah, you're having a rough run. That's like it's, me in the one and done contest. I'm just terrible. It has it is is gone sideways really fast. We had a couple really big purses in there too that like separated everybody even more. And it's uh, but I got a lot left still, dude. A lot, a lot, a lot less. I, I, I obviously kid, but wow, it's been a bad start there. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we are uh, we're here to talk a a bunch of baseball. We've got uh, actual games t- taking place in spring training. It's always uh, always a fun thing when you flip on the TV and there's actual games being played. But uh, I wanted to ask you in spring training, you know, you hear all this noise, you see Vlad go hit two home runs and you see, you know, see Jason Dominguez to home run. What do you pay attention to in spring? I mean, t- throw injuries out of this. Cause obviously we know that if someone gets really hurt, that obviously impacts everything, but what do you take away from the actual gameplay results? How guys look, is it anything at all? If, if so, what is it? Yeah, it's a lot of things. I, this is where I even, I prepared Scott. I looked at the outline and I actually wrote notes this time. You told me you wrote notes before we started actually getting on here. And I just, I, it, it's hard for me to believe. And Straight I'm really up, proud yes, of you. I understand. Awesome. Yeah. It just shows my dedication to the craft uh, all these years. Uh, the fact that I had to highlight it is, makes, makes, makes reveals well, what a sham I am. Fair, but... you brought, I wasn't going to bring it up first. You brought it up. So we're good. All right. So uh, there was a, you know, Susan Slusser note today uh, on ah. Sean Manaya and how he was hitting 94 to 96, uh, which is, well above what he normally works at. Typically, this time yeah. of year, it's eighty-nine to ninety. Is he peaking early? Is he is he trying to turn over new leaf with a new team, trying to show that he's ready? Uh, embarrassed after last year, I could see that. Or did he go to did he go to driveline? You're going to see a lot of did he go to driveline? He, he did go to driveline. 
Yeah, I, you're going to see a lot of that. He credited. Uh, he actually credited Driveline his quote afterwards. It's uh it's uh, I think it's uh, one of those drinking game things at this point on Twitter with Driveline. It, it is. Um, it, so, or and it doesn't have to be Driveline. It could be like the Wake Forest thing that Ian Anderson did. You know. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, just point is, you have to be like showing like, okay, well, he did this extra work, put it in the extra work in the off season. I like seeing that. I think yeah. that's a good thing. Working on a new pitch. You know, uh, it, it can be uh, we're adding a new one, reintroducing an old one that you haven't used. I did a note on Luke Weaver today. I mean, come on, it's Luke Weaver, but trying to work in a curveball because guess what? The fastball got cuffed around a lot last year. So you better have a, a curveball and he barely threw it last year. So, OK, that could work. Batting orders. That matters a little bit. Uh, uh, Yoshida, there was a note on him saying he's probably yeah. not going to lead off after all. That changed my projection for him a little bit, gave him fewer runs. Fewer plate appearances for a little bit, for that matter, yeah. too. Uh, that matters. Defense. Player playing a new position. If you remember A. Eugenio Suarez playing shortstop for the Reds, I you do. remember how well that went and how it destroyed his uh, his batting season, too. Uh, Spencer Steer today had you know one error and another misplay, and he, he's trying to win the third base job. He's not a full-time third baseman, so that's something to watch a little bit there. Those are two Reds examples. You can see that in a lot of different places. So... You definitely look for players playing out of position a little bit there. Um, and I, you know, I think those are the main things. Uh, K percentage. If you're looking for a stat, K, you know, swinging strike rate and K percentage, those stabilize pretty quickly. Eric Segrist did it something on the site a long time ago. It, pitchers and hitters or one or the pitchers. other? I'm going okay. pitchers here, okay. but okay. I, I, it might apply to hitters too. Okay. Uh, but if you're getting, you know, in the we're going to talk about Trevor Rogers late, uh, later on. Uh, that's on our list. You know, spoiler yeah. alert. But his swinging strike rate dropped a ton last year. And if he's getting swings and misses in spring training and it's back at the rate where when he was so good in 2021, you'll have my attention. Yeah, I think the 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 adding a pitch thing is really interesting to me, too, because like you want to adding a pitch is great, but he's got to be able to do it well. And I think you and I talked. God, I COVID like makes time go away now, but I think it was like three years ago. We're sitting before the main event. We're talking about Frankie Montas and like the whole thing was a splitter and like guys in the team are like, not only is this a new pitch, but this is like a nasty pitch. Right. We, we both ended up taking him and he pitched really well till he got suspended, but he was really, <laughs> really good that year. And it was because of that splitter. You look at that splitter, like the swing strike rate was huge on it. He was really good. So it's a combo of, you know, and you want to, you want to see it and you want to read about it too, a little bit. So you want a little bit of both, but uh, you like, you like here, uh, uh, they had the, the clip of uh, Andrew Painter throwing, throwing a Char- uh, Kyle Schwarber the other day and Schwarber hit a home run, but like, you hear guys, they talk about Peyton, like, oh my God, this guy's for real. It doesn't seem like he's 19. Like, guys talking about players like that is kind of interesting to me, too. I don't, I don't read, you know, obviously they're going to be nice about their teammates and stuff. I don't, I don't pay attention to guys talking about themselves, but guys talking about their teammates, I do a little bit when it comes to stuff like that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and if you do a blanket dismissal of everything that happens in spring training, you're going to miss out. Uh, now, Does it mean that one day someone's hitting third in the lineup, you move them up five rounds in your sheet. Like, there's there, you got to be for with lineup stuff, you want to see it consistently, but you can see a manager like, there are there are games that where they throw games away like oh there's six guys not starting but there are games when everybody's starting you're like oh well this I can see that what the manager's thinking in this regard and who he's pay, hitting where and it does uh, it does bring some value in there with with the lineup stuff and you yeah just, absolutely yeah and we track that by the way on yeah. RotoWire uh, you get the la- even in spring training you get like the last five days worth of the lineups there and that's really you know I think that's valuable. Uh, and you can check that out among that's one of the things that you can find on rotowire rotowire.com slash pod get that free trial a peek behind the paywall uh many many things that we have on the site but that's one uh mike curlin was always good at that he was one yeah. of the guys that you know he made a a bigger name for himself he was already you know he was already doing podcasts by the time but 
that caught fire him, him like being on top of everything there um peter asked about uh, yoshida yeah we mentioned that yeah does that matter that he's not necessarily enough? yes i think it does matter um because this is fewer at plate appearances fewer chances to run maybe you give him more rbi and fewer runs because he's going to be a middle of the order hitter instead of a leadoff hitter this could also change on april 9th also that alex cora could be lying the whole time or just changes his mind but the fact he came out and said it means like it's obviously in his yeah. head he's thought about it. So that was uh, it was it was definitely an interesting quote there. And it's funny you brought Manai at the beginning. I mean, the thing with Manai is Manai's a different pitcher, whereas his velocity is like he's had success in the past when he's been at 92, 93. And then when he gets down to 90, 91, he becomes much more hittable. You know, his stuff, the rest of his stuff doesn't work as well. I've I've set up close to watching Manai pitch, and when he's throwing 92, 93, you're like, wow, this guy could be really, really good. And then you watch him up close at 89, 90, and you're like, wow, I don't know how this guy gets anybody out. It's weird that three miles an hour does that, but man, if he was really throwing 94, 95, he becomes a completely different pitcher. For no hitter, try and predict. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Against the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. Came close to a perfect game, if I yeah. recall correctly. But I remember opening weekend uh, a few years ago, Christy and I, my wife, where I were like third row in the Coliseum, which, you know, I'm really hard ticket to get. I'm not bragging about that. But I mean, and you're up close. And you're like, he was throwing 92. You're like, this guy, I don't know how he hits this guy. Like, he let, he feels like he lets the ball go from a foot in front of you because he's so big when he when he's throwing hard. And it's just easy. It's just amazing what a difference, uh, what a difference is. And, that, and that's one guy where velocity has been a key factor in how good he's been each and every year. Absolutely. And two miles an hour makes that much of a difference. That's oh, the yeah. funny thing too. Yeah. It makes, it makes suddenly makes your changeup look better. makes your slide. look better, makes everything look better. Uh, our friend, Justin Mason asked, uh, where does Andrew Painter go in the main events? Uh, I promise that is someone we'll be discussing a little bit later here. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do late pitchers and late relief or late pitchers. So late starters and late relievers. So we will talk about uh, Painter, obviously whether Painter makes the, uh, makes the opening day roster and is the fifth starter makes it massive. His, his price will jump exceptionally high uh, from where it is now if he if he, if he gets named the fifth starter over uh, over falter so uh, that that'll be a lot of uh, how he looks but then you know what they decide to do and they send him back down um, or he's gonna you know oh, we'll give him two months in the minors I mean, he's 19 that's uh, it, it's pretty well yeah. i think he turns 20 pretty soon but uh, another guy like be- that uh is ben joyce on the angels too the guy that almost took Mookie Betts' head off in the first yes. pitch of the game today yes yeah. <laughs> yes that guy uh yeah. there's some talk about him being in the closer mix i mean they drafted him for that express purpose. So draft him in the third round. He throws up to 105 did by the way, go one, two, three inning, two strikeouts and a pop-up. So, you know, it's way too early to make anything out of that. I gave him a projection for half a season, but another one of those guys you're going to watch for. Was he that Tennessee guy that throws 105? Is that where he yes. came? That's who came from. That's, okay. I remember that's that. the one. That's the very same. I remember the Tennessee guy that came in and literally was gas 105. You're like, what the heck is going on here? So, um yeah interesting uh the other thing uh obviously the the big note this weekend what uh what do you think about the uh, about the pitch clock um growing pains you know i i'm i so i came into this being against it in the first place just okay. for the record um uh, i don't think we need to hurry up games that much yes there are times when in late games where you know there's a lot of too much stalling i get that I, I really don't, you know, you're seeing a lot of prejudged opinions out there. Todd and I were talking about that on the Sirius XM show today. The fans seemed more engaged. You know this how? <laughs> really? After one day? Especially in spring training. No one's engaged in spring training. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Call me I don't care me. if it's slow or fast. I've been to many, many years of spring training. We go almost every year. No one's engaged in spring training. You're there having a, having some drinks, hanging out with friends. You might be watching some rookies the first things, but nobody's engaged in spring training. Right. And I don't want to be hurried i want to have my second beer third beer as the case may be uh when i'm at a game especially 
but I guarantee, you know, all the, you know, the people that work the game, whether they're players and not even necessarily players, but, you know, rights holders, managers, beat writers, especially they want the quicker game. And I appreciate they got a job to do and no one wants them to, you know, cause it's not just the game itself. I get that. And there's nothing worse than step off, step off, lob, throw to first, all that stuff. I get, I don't know. It seems a little tight seeing that one game get finished because the batter wasn't yeah. looking at the pitcher. Like, eh, I, 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 that's, it strikes me as a little bit of an up show, but I understand they have to call it now because if you're going to call it in the season, um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the holding play in the Super Bowl. It's a, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty, you know, yeah. it's a, you know, if it's a violation here, it's a violation now that anytime. So I get it, but no one wants to see a game in that way. Yeah. So I'm a little different than you. I, uh, I actually kind of liked it, but I think it's about three seconds too fast, which means maybe it's yeah, five seconds. I agree. Like, I think that I, there's, I love games. I love being games, but like when there's guys walking on the mound for a minute and a half, I'll admit that drives me crazy. Like I suddenly, I find myself getting a little bit bored and I'm like, I just, and, but it felt like some of these games, like the pitcher was grabbing the ball and like going and throwing right. And like, he was really worried about, it. I think they'll get used to it at some point and get better at like, you know, snapping it. I say snapping it, snapping it with one second left. Like every NFL team does and pitching it with two seconds left. Cause there's a lot of guys I felt like we're throwing it at seven or eight seconds left. And it felt really, really hurried to me. Yeah. So. Well, some of that was by design too. Like, uh, I read I think it was Nick Martinez. About Matt Scherzer. Oh, was, was okay. experimenting. He goes, can I, I can I start my wind up at eight? And he goes, yeah, you can, but it has to be at eight. You can't do it before that. Right. Uh, and he purposely wants to throw the pitcher, the batter's timing off because of that. Uh, the funny, the one I saw that caught my eye was James, James Karen He does a lot of fidgety stuff. He does. Yeah. He asked for a new ball <laughs> um, and they didn't stop the clock. Oh, they kept rolling. Um, and he got, it was a, on a one, two count and all of a sudden it was two, two. Um, and then he struck him out anyhow. Uh, but it was pretty funny, but yeah, that there, I think pitchers are experimenting with ways to kind of delay. Yeah. Do I ask for a new ball? Do I, you know, does the catcher lob it back to the pitcher? As Todd was saying that there's some anecdotes about like minor leaguers seeing that lob back to the pitcher and stealing the delayed steal oh, yeah. when they see that there. Does it start? It starts when the pitcher catches it or starts when the catcher throws it? Supposedly when the pitcher catches it, I think. Okay. Because uh, it was would be counterproductive to lob it back to him if it's when the right. catcher threw it. But, you know, those things are going to be like, they're going to see if they can game the system a little bit there. Uh, as Jason Stark wrote, it's going to be a, a shit show. And, uh, you know, I, doesn't necessarily so. We're all trying, they're all trying to figure it out. I, I yeah, so I I like the idea. I, I, I like a little bit snapping his, but I think the key is I don't really care about how long. I like the pace, though. I think the pace was the thing. I, think, I saw someone on Twitter say it's not about time, it's about pace. And I, I agree with that. I think the pacing of some of these games got brutal. I think uh, Joe Sheehan in his excellent newsletter wrote up about, you know, this is going to be rough in the eighth and ninth inning when Tito T that's when you get the tense moments in baseball and you, you yeah. we like that. I, uh, I, that made me think like, I wonder if like, you know, the, like in the NFL and college football, like they don't stop the clock and you go to bounds unless it's like late in the game. Like there's uh, whatever those, I never know the exact time, out of bounds rules are, but like, I wonder if there was, a, there's a way to do it where the first seven innings are one pace and maybe the eighth and ninth that you give them a little more leeway. It might be an interesting way to look at it. Cause I think that oh. those clothes, like you, you get that like Eric Gagne, Barry Bonds matchup. Like that just, that was so tense because it took so long. It was so drawn out, it hit foul balls and stuff. And you'd hate like for a situation like that where Gagne's got like got to worry about pitching it faster. Like, I, so I get that late in game. So I'm a little torn. Um, right. I do like a quicker pace, but I, I, I really don't want to lose those moments at the end either. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with you on that. But, uh, and honestly, I, I, I think I see the need for a pitch clock. I get it. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I just, you know, you see reporters dutifully say, well, we saved 20 on average 25 minutes. Like, 
great. I know when spring, especially in spring training, games can drag on forever when they're doing yeah. 7,000 pitching changes. I right. get it. Um, yeah. I, so I, I appreciate it, but at the same time, like it's kind of funny that, you know, the total time expired, just stop with that. I don't really yeah, need to hear that. I don't need to hear that either. I, I like a, I like a, a, a well-paced game. I don't really care if it's two hours and 52 minutes or three hours and four minutes. Like, I just think that uh, that's kind of silly, but I do like a little bit paced up. Uh, I want to say thanks to David in the chat. Really nice comment said the best way to end the weekend is listening to us talk baseball. That is very nice. We really appreciate that. Uh, happy to happy to hear. And uh, we appreciate that. Uh, some other, some quick news and notes in the, uh, in, in spring training before we do get, we're talking about a lot of, a lot of late pitchers. Um, Sia Suzuki with the Cubs having an MRI for oblique soreness. Uh, we got a lot of time before the season starts, but boy, that is not what you want to hear us to start out your spring training. <sighs> he was so trendy lately too. Yeah. Uh, our buddy Vlad Settler got him in the FSGA draft, which is going to end in 2037. But, uh, uh, he got, and uh, I was like, ah, I kind of wanted to get him there, but so be it. We'll move on to the next league, uh, where I can get him. But now pumping the brakes a little bit there and you know i, I was kind of looking forward to getting a few shares i'll still get them but it's kind of like the scott pianowski theory that you don't you know injuries are going to happen to your team you don't want to take present injuries in i get the debate about injury prone versus actually injured but this is actually injured if, if it turns out to be an oblique stain we'll find out we'll see in the next couple of days well obviously i have a way way a ton of news before we need to make some serious decisions but uh, leaning into that a little bit, I know you did the you did labor draft this week. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, I believe, was your first pound pick. Is that correct? It was, and I knew about the hand because um, right. it ha- the news broke on Tuesday. We did the draft Tuesday night all along. I, so I, for about a week, I had my draft slot. So I knew I was drafting eighth. Like, oh, I really hope I get Alvarez here because right. then, as I think there's a clear top seven. I I, I feel like now. Add Tucker and Alvarez as my top part of my top. Okay, seven. Uh, yeah, you're going. I was. I thought you meant seven, and you get Alvarez eight. So you had you had Tucker and Alvarez six, seven. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. And if I don't get them, then do I go Shohei? Do I go Freeman? I don't think I'm going Bobby Witt. I think I did earlier in the draft season before I really had a strong opinion on it on things. As we uh, as we get into main event, you're going to see a lot of Cole and Burns in that spot too. Probably because that's like the adjust. Because I don't want to take that hitter yeah. there. Yeah. Sure. And. It's funny though. This is labor. No pitcher win the first round unless you count Shohei. Uh, but uh, that won't change. I, I do think there's like a over under on like a, you said at half league. Maybe one online league goes pitcherless in the first round, but seems unlikely. Um, I, I, I get it there. But uh, any at any rate, then the news happened. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I actually have to decide. I still went with them. Bets actually went seven. So uh, you know. I, I still had the, that cho- my original set of choices. And I decided just the stat cast numbers are so good. He did what he did missing 30, like t- yeah, missing 27 games last year anyhow, yeah. and still was a top 10 fantasy player. And he dealt with both hand issues, but I, that the fact that he's still not hitting is bothersome. Yeah. We'll I was going to say the news today was he has not yet started to swing a bat. Um, it's weird because, I mean, he's just so early. We don't know. Like, this could be like last year you talk about it. He played 135 games, and he was probably – you can make an argument he's the best pure hitter in baseball. Like, I think that that's not even a crazy argument to make right now. He was – hard hit rate was 60% last year. Barrel rate was 21%. It's absurd how good the guy is. 37-97, hit 306. Uh, I agree with you. I had him as a, in the top seven. Um, I'd like to see him start playing a little bit, though. It's 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 worrisome to me that it's it's February 26th. This didn't get – this didn't resolve itself in the offseason more than anything. Yep. Yep. I mean, we said that about uh, Felix Bautista last week and, yep. you know, I, 
Man, it's Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> it's, it's just a freaking stud. And he seems yeah. to be over the knee issues, which is great. Because, I mean, early in his career, we're like, are his knee, he's so young, are his knees ever going to be fine? And obviously, the last two years, he's proven the knees are fine. But, yeah, this is uh, – So, you know. I'll be curious. Uh, we saw a note here uh, that Matt Leahy was saying – Oh, wait, wrong wrong one, That wrong comment from Matt. He goes, Alvarez fell to 18th overall in his current D.C. Yeah. And – I'm drafting tomorrow night in the beat Jeff Erickson draft uh, filled up today. I'm drafting fifth. So I like on the comeback spot. there, if he's sitting there in the second round, I'm going to be very hard pressed to let him go. But do I have enough exposure? That's that's, that's five. It means nine. It means 20th pick in the back, coming back around. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they add up to 25. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, are you, um, are you Jose Ramirez or Kyle Tucker at five? Yes. If the, um, first, if the first four go, uh, Turner, Acuna, Julio, and uh, who else are missing? Oh, Judge. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm probably I'm probably Ramirez, but yes, I I'm happy with either player very much. I'm, so. uh, I'm whatever uh, whatever spot I can get Julio uh, him to last to me is where I'm at. So if that's if that's one, that's fine. But if that's five, I'm good there too. Is yeah, any, Julio is coming any... to me is great too. Yeah. Jose is Ramirez, any... Julio. I mean, yeah. I, six was my first choice. Five was my second choice. I think, or maybe so you're, three. you're that much in on Tucker that you're fine with putting him in that group. You're fine getting six. Cause I prefer, I, I, I have it. I have a top five. You have a top six. It like. I did. I used to be top five. I kind of expanded it to six. I also love being in the middle of the drafts. Uh, although I don't think it matters as much in the 12 as it does in the 15s. I love being in the middle drafts too, but I find it a tough, tougher spot this year, at least so far. It seems just for the first round, but for the rest of the draft, I mean, I think, it's... I think second round too, though. I think that kind of, there's, it seems like there's a drop off, maybe like 18, 19, somewhere in there where you, mm-hmm. if you're late in the draft, you feel pretty good about your first two picks. If you're in the middle, you're like, yeah, I got to figure out who to take here. Yeah, I could see that. Someone, uncle, uncle Ted in the chat is talking about Oscar Gonzalez. I, I guess he shouldn't go back two episodes and listen to, uh, the fact that I don't really love Oscar Gonzalez this year. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. I think he I former think he listener, Uncle Ted. No, yeah. all right. <laughs> former you. listener. Sorry, I'm offending the listeners. <laughs> uh, I think Oscar chases a little too much to be an all star this year. Would be my my answer. To that he was uh, he was first percentile in chase rate last year. I think pitchers are going to figure him out a little bit. I think he's going to be good, but I don't think it's going to be quite in the first half. So I think he, I think an all star game would be a, a tough uh, a tough score for Oscar. Yep. So let's get into uh, late pitchers. I think this is a, this is a spot where uh, you know leagues are uh, leagues are heavily uh, impacted. Uh, last year, I had a really good team that we've talked about plenty that ended up with Tony Gonsolin and Kyle Wright late in the draft. Like you get a late pitcher, it makes up for so much uh, if you get someone that really hits here. But first, a quick note from our sponsors, the Underdog at Underdog. The fantasy baseball season is underway. There's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB Best Ball tournaments live, including the Dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes. In Best Ball, all you do is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. You draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. That's three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with the proto code RWMLB, and not only Underdog, double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of a Rotorash subscription for free. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Jeff, we're going to do uh, late late starters first, and we'll talk about some late relievers. I, I characterize late by back half of the draft in the fifteen teamer. So you know it works if you're a twelve teamer too. But pick two twenty five and after. So obviously a little bit later round wise in a twelve teamer. But I figured two twenty five was about the right spot to call someone uh, call someone late. First guy I would ask you about someone who had a horrible horrible twenty twenty two is Jose Barrios in Toronto. Uh, Five point two three ERA. Well, 1.42 whip last year, 172 innings. This is coming off a year, the year before he was 3.5 and 1.06. So, you know, really valuable pitcher then. Um, everything fell off for Brios. It, it, it's really troubling to look at. His, his strikeout rate fell from 26% to under 20%. That's a crazy drop for a guy who's been kind of in the mid or low 20s for the last five years before that. Swing strike rate down to 9.3%. Interesting that you look at swing strike rate between 2020 and 2021, it really dropped off. So maybe we should have seen the strikeout drop at least coming because the swing strike rate really dropped off and it dropped off a little bit more. Um, he was 11th percentile in hard hit rate, uh, 8th percentile in the expected batting average against, 5th percentile in expecting slugging against. There's not much good here. His ADP is about uh, about 240 in drafts right now. Uh, what does one do with someone that uh, we thought was going to be one of the one of the new one of the aces a few years ago? I don't think I ever thought he was going to be one of the aces. I think he had a, he had a I felt like he had a lot of hype a few years ago though. The people loved Jose Barrios well, in Minnesota because of the strikeouts. I get it, yeah. but he's always had the outings where yeah, you know he's you know, he gets, he gets cuffed around at bad times and he, he took it to another level last year, obviously. I don't want to dunk on him too much, but uh, 
he's kind of like a poor man's Luis Castillo in terms of whip. I feel like, you know, he had that one year at 106, big year, trade year, contract year, whatever. But otherwise, 132 the year before that, 122 the year before that. You know, it, it's not like he's ever been like, oh, yeah, he, he, he I feel like he's going to be a 275, 105 guy ever. Um, so I, it's probably, you know, I think almost this year, it's almost like you could get in on that. The price here is almost an overreaction unless you think he's just toast, like he's lost the velocity, he's lost the snap on his pitches or something like that. But so I, I it might be the first time I, ha- I have him in a while because I didn't like it when he was getting in the fourth, going in the fourth and fifth rounds. Yeah, you always felt like everybody thought he was one step away from being that guy and everybody loved him. You're right about the outings, though. He had nine outings last year with five runs or more. Like, the blow-up outings just kill him. He had, a, he had yeah. two two where he gave eight runs. Like, those will just kill you. And, I mean, look at you look closer at some of his pitches, and it's just – he was a different guy last year with the strikeouts. I just, it's hard to trust – it's hard to trust anything you see here just because it was, it was so rough last year. You look at it. I mean, just everything got hard. Everything got hit hard. It's just, it's hard to find anything to get really excited about. He's pitching in the AL East. I mean, I know the schedule's a little bit different this year and that should help him, but I don't know. You look at his stat cast page for one and it's not only blue, but it's dark blue across the board. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I don't say, I don't think I'm in on Barrios. I'm thinking just to clarify here, I don't think I'm paying, you know, it might be the first time I roster him just because he's so darn cheap. Um, and I, you know, he's a streamer now that's what I, I find use him against weaker opponents and that's it. But you know, the thing that is concerning though, is the swinging strike percentage dropped to 9.7% yeah. and it never was elite. Even in his best year was 12.2%. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, to uncle Ted in the chat, I didn't say Gonzalez sucked. I just said, he's going to have a little, a little bit of struggles in the first half. Um, uh, next guy I want to talk about is, uh, is Hunter Brown. We kind of talked about him a little bit last week. And we we're talking about Lance McCullers, uh, being, uh, you know, being, uh, pushed back a little bit delayed with his injury issues. Uh, Hunter Brown would be, you know, next guy up, you know, people like Hunter Brown as it was, but now if he were to get a job to start the year, um, he was, uh, he was really good in AAA last year, two, five, five, 1.08 uh, on the whip, uh, strikeout rate over 30. 1%. Walk rate's a little bit high with him. That's probably the one thing that he needs to figure out if he's going to be really, really good at major league level. Um, but he only had 20 innings in the majors. He only made two starts. They just kind of eased him in a little bit. Um, where are you at Hunter Brown? His price is obviously going to go way up. His ADP is about 250 right now. If McCullers, you know, gets delayed even more as we go along here, that's just only going to rise. Are you in on the on the helium rise on Brown? Or are you going to kind of let somebody else take the take the bait? No, back? I'm in on him. Uh, I, I've gotten him. I got him in said FSGA draft. Uh, Oh, you got you guys are at that round by now. Uh, well, I got him in the 14th round at a 15 teamer. So yes, I was, that was more of a joke about how uh, you guys weren't that far along. Yeah, now. we're we're yeah. we're cruising up to this. I didn't know if you're quite quite round. in Hunter Brown uh, range yet. Yeah, well, to me that is Hunter Brown range, but I think so uh, too. I was more of a more of a joke. You're still in like the first. Ha ha! Very yeah. funny. Yeah. Min pick now is 140, Woo. and I that's too early. But is it? You know, it's 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 a it's your prototypical helium guy we already know mccullers won't be ready for opening day we've seen the astros go six-man rotation already you see the ballpark is great the team is great we saw the performance last year the only thing that's concerning is he his swing and miss was below 10 percent also last year as so that k percentage is unlikely to be maintained unless he gets more swing and miss eventually it was 11.7 in triple a so a little bit better there but not actually not super elite but uh I think it'll probably be the point that uh, he'll probably get a little too a little too hyped for me, but uh, 
he's uh, what's he's, too hyped? What at what point is it too much for you? Uh, where he's probably going to go, which is like the twelfth round, eleventh round, somewhere in there. All right. So if he's there at two hundred, are you taking him? So two hundred puts me in the fourteenth, thirteenth, fourteenth. Yeah, I think that's about the right range because you're talking like John Gray, Reed Detmers, Andrew Heaney, Patrick Sandoval. I think I'd probably take Detmers and Sandoval instead. I like um, that but, range, by the but way. That is, I, I do like that range. Sonny Gray's right in there too, who I always like. Uh, I think that's probably about the right range. I think the uh, the high one hundreds probably not. I think there's other pitchers in there I like more. But yeah, that, those low two hundreds probably about the right range. I think he might. Uh, I think he might even go a little higher than that. I would probably go like one seventy five. I bet just like his main event ADP, assuming that you know McCullers doesn't make some miraculous recoveries. We don't expect that to happen. Uh, yeah, I and I'm, I'm full out on McCullers. I mean, he, he yeah, was so good when he came back, but it's the forearm again. Uh, if he's at the pick three hundred, fine. But there's no, but there's no IR slots in the NFBC, and in the main event, even like your round twentieth pick, you don't want to have it. Okay, now your, there's your stash. That means you're not getting a prospect. Uh, yeah, which is fine, but so many pitchers know. get hurt anyway. I just I don't want to start with one that's hurt. Like I, there's there is a spot where I take him where I'm like, well, if I have to, if I get two more injuries, I got to drop him in week three, then okay. But uh, I just prefer not to. I prefer someone else to do it. Yep. The aforementioned Trevor Rogers next on our list. Uh, ADP is two fifty eight. That ADP is a little bit later than I took him in the main event last year, Jeff. It's uh, <laughs> a little just a uh, about one hundred ninety seven picks after I took him last year. I took him at uh, sixty one last year as my SP one in the main event in Vegas. Obviously, did not work out well. Uh, still won that league, but did not work out well. Uh, brutal twenty twenty came in a lot of hype. Twenty twenty one was obviously really really good. Two point six four, one point one five, and then it, it ballooned to huge last year. Everything went wrong. 5.5 on the ERA, 1.5 on the whip. Strikeout rate dropped 6%. Walk rate went up a little bit. Swing strike rate, you mentioned earlier when we talked about when we talked about Rogers real quickly, 14%, which is really, really good number, down to 10.8%. So you know, not horrible, but I mean, the drop is just, it was crazy. I mean, his, his whiff rate fell on all three of his pitches. Like it was across the board. It wasn't like one pitch fell off. Um, the, the walk rate was up a little bit. Uh, what do you do with the new price here? Oh, I was just going to defer to you. Uh, as the Trevor Rogers expert in the, in the podcast, but uh, clearly I've proven myself to not be the Trevor. Rogers. I held on to him all season long in an online championship and that did not bear fruit. So. I had him really long in the main event. It took a long time before I dropped him. Um, well, first of all, is he going to be a starter for them? Is he going to win that fifth job? I mean, cause that's, that, that's the, first I don't think it's the fifth problem. job. I think he'll be the fourth starter. Won't he be? Um, I was counting, I was counting Edward Cabrera ahead of him, but that you could probably, those two, could a lot of people are counting him. Edward Cabrera. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I thought he's, I think he's battling Braxton Garrett still, but. Uh, they, yeah. So we got Cabrera, Rogers and Garrett. I guess we call them three guys for two spots. It's probably a good way to put it. Is Johnny Cueto that firmly ensconced in the rotation or is that a little up for grabs too? Uh, I think he's uh, ensconced to begin the season in that rotation. Okay, um, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. But then again, we'll see. I mean, yeah, he probably is because he's a veteran and all that. But yeah, I. I there's. Current, you're right. There's enough. There's enough opportunity there that he'll probably end up getting yeah. a shot to start. My projections suggest I'm not in on Rogers. Okay. My instinct tells me that Bylo is not such a bad idea with him. Um, Bottom end of the range in the last month on the NFBC since February 1st is pick 311. Uh, I would need it probably close to that, maybe anywhere from 280 to, you know, 280 and beyond to take him. But I could see it. Uh, it would just be a, it'd be just like a dart throw at that point. I'd have to have had like probably six or seven other pitchers on my roster by that point in time. It's like my SP 
five or six, I could see it. Uh, he his strikeout rate did go up in the second half. I mean, he didn't throw as many innings. I have to look at it. He threw um, he, threw, he only threw twenty three innings in the second half, but it went up a little bit. He was up to twenty nine percent walk rate was down to six percent. So he had like a a really small sample of innings where he did look a lot better. I know the ERA wasn't great, but like the 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 rate the the metrics and the strikeout and walk look a little bit better. Maybe he fixed something. Maybe something was going on. I think he, he went down to the minors at some point. Maybe he fixed something. So that that little bit of a uh, little bit of improvement late in the season maybe helps me a little bit. But uh, I'm pretty scarred on this one. Yeah, you need to get uh, I, you need to get swing and miss with him because the walks are part of the package. Yes, even when he was really good in 2021, it was like eight and a half walk percent. Uh, so you're just you yeah. realize that's part of the package. You want to talk about a guy that's not going to help you in whip. Trevor Rogers is not going to help you in whip. Yeah. Um, he was, he was as good as he could be in 2020 when the whip was still one, one five, which will help you. But like, that's probably the very top end you're going to get. You got to get that swing and miss to, he- yep. to be able to work out of the jams that you create by walking players. Agreed. I felt like last year he got the two strikes on guys and just could not put people away. Yeah. And if you look at the numbers, it kind of, it kind of bears itself out. Yeah. By the way, uh, don't forget about Yuri Perez in Miami. He's in camp. Craig Mish was on our show last week when we were talking Marlins and he thinks that, you know, He'll he'll be on the team at some point this year too, and you know he's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, if not the best pitching prospect in baseball. So there'll be uh, that. That's another guy to keep in mind too. Is we're looking at that, they may go six man. They may you know they might just say, okay, you get a spot, you you're out. You know, and that's why they're so willing to trade pa- uh, Pablo Lopez this off season. Yeah, they do have a lot of different arms in there. Um, this thing I want to talk about is uh, his move from uh, his move to Minnesota. Tyler Molly, uh, former former Red. We talked about him a bunch last year, being on the Reds. Um, I, I think one I dropped him in the main event. I don't know if you did. You had him also as well, but he had a lot of shoulder issues last year, which is always uh, very concerning with any kind of pitcher. He says he has no he has no restrictions coming into the camp. Um, be another guy where you know strikeouts fell. The strikeout rate fell from twenty eight percent to twenty five percent. Walk stayed about the same. Uh, his fastball is just really, really good. His fastball was at a 205 batting average against last year, 28% whiff rate. You don't really see numbers that high on a fastball, except for the really, really good fastball guys. Usually it's the breaking balls where you get the higher whiff rate. Um, the interesting thing with Molly is I just wonder like, if that shoulder was an issue at all points. He, 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 went, he was a 26% slider guy in 2021, 11% slider guy in 2022. You just wonder if, like, if that was affecting his arm. That's just been a strikeout pitch. I have to wonder if maybe he just wasn't healthy at all at any point. Uh, are you in on a, a Tyler Molly? Uh, I guess I call it a bounce back. He was, he was obviously worse in 2022 than he was in 2021 in Minnesota here. Kind of agnostic. At the time he got dealt, I was like, oh, he finally gets out of Great American Small Park, gets a better team behind him. Yes, I think he, this is going to be a good time for him. Then the shoulders thing reared up, but it wasn't the first time. Very much like parallels Frankie Montas, actually. They both had the shoulder things happen right before the trade deadline. They got dealt anyhow. And let's, uh, let's, was- let's hope his story's a little bit better than Montas's. Yeah, but it that's in the range of outcomes, though, right? Yeah. Anytime you get a shoulder, yeah, it's just it's always concerning. But uh, yeah. I think I back in at the price. I think the price last year was like in the the, the one sixty to one eighty range. I forget. I think I dropped him in the tenth or eleventh round. Um, at pick two sixty six, I think there is a uh, a decent amount of upside here and a decent amount of floor too. I don't think he's a guy that's going to kill you. The strikeout, or the the fastball, just it's so good that it keeps him in keeps him in keeps him in games pretty well. Um, I kind of like this price. I think that uh, 16th, 17th round. I do like this pr- this price for a bounce back. Yeah, I can see it. Another guy uh, who has had some some injury issues, but uh, was was the first time over 100 innings last year is Carlos Carrasco. 
Uh, he was 397 last year, uh, 1.33 whip. So the, the whip was a little bit high last year, even though he uh, you know bounced back really well from 2021. was really ugly for Glasgow. He was never, never healthy. Um, K-rate uh, was up a touch uh, from 2021 to 2022. Never, you're not, uh, not at the, the old Cleveland elite days with Carrasco where he was, you know, 29, 28, 29% in there. Um, swing strike rate was down a little bit, but still 12.9%. We've been talking about a lot of swing strike rate numbers. That's a pretty good one compared to some of these guys we've talked about so far. Uh, fastball velocity was down, but he's still an elite chase guy. Gets people to chase pitches, 94th percentile chase rate. Um, I love the price in Carrasco, 285 ADP, um, you know, middle, uh, you know, like 17th, 18th round. I think he's just a guy that will be will be really solid for you in there. He's not going to be not going to be back to his old days, but I think it's a really solid price for Carrasco. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, I, my projection is pretty tame. I think I only have him for 24 starts, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's fine, though, when you're at that rate. I mean, if he, you know, I, I understand you want to get him uh, all in and, you know, you want your pitcher to go be healthy all season. The one thing I, this is a guy who's. Good luck, good luck with at, those. Nobody's, no pitchers are healthy all season. Yeah, I, 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 he's a guy that I would watch the velocity in spring training a little bit because I think another mile and maybe the chase rate goes down. Yeah. Uh, because people are able to lay off it a little bit more. Something I'd watch for there. Uh, someone said uh, they prefer Sango over uh, Carrasco. Yeah, who wouldn't? Sango's going 100 picks earlier than Carrasco. So at least is in he the a, is he a full 100 picks higher? I hadn't looked at his ADP. Uh, ADP yeah. is 189. Yeah, you're right, 100 picks higher. So yeah, that's uh, they're not really in the same in the same range there. Yep. So a guy who uh, velocity is uh, is not an issue is Ronzi Contreras in Pittsburgh. I saw he got a pitch clock uh, violation yesterday, so I laughed. He was on our list here. Uh, he was obviously uh, a big K rates in the minors. I remember when he got called up last year. Everybody was really excited about this. Um, yeah, K rates were in the 30, 30, 34% in 2021, 33% in, uh, in AAA in 2022. He went to Pittsburgh and, you know, wasn't bad. 3.79 ERA, 1.27 whip, pretty good for the first time through. But a K rate was way down, 21.1%. Um, the walk rate's a little concerning, 9.6%. But you look at the swing strike rate, 12.6%. He's got to get some punch outs. Like, he gets enough swings and misses that I think would be good here. The slider is the slider's nasty. 163 batting average against 42% whiff rate last year. Um, I guess my main question for you on Contreras is, you know, obviously he's on the Pirates. You're not going to get a lot of wins, but um, how many innings do you think uh, he ends up throwing? Are they going to just kind of let him go? You think he's got a leash on him? Where do you think he, they go with the innings on on, on Ronzi? Uh, that's a good question. I think it probably caps at like 150 or so. I, I would love that. I'd take that number right now. Yeah, I think yeah, that I'm saying caps. Uh you know. I don't think you're far because he threw 120, whatever it is, 125 last year, 124, something like that. Um it's a little yeah, about 120. Uh but he, I think that's a that's a good bump up. And at, at, at ADP two ninety six, like I take 150 innings of this in in a, in a second. I really like this price. I like him and Carrasco right in here. Yeah. Uh I, the team context is scary. Yeah. Uh controls a little scary too. Uh, it is. And and just you know, like I, I, you know, I, I remember like seeing some breakdowns and I, I wish I could give it credit. It might've been pitcher. I think it was pitcher list actually. It broke down uh, like his full on first start, I think for Pittsburgh uh, and, and for Pittsburgh against Colorado and just, you know, the, 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 he wasn't getting guys the swing and miss on his breaking stuff. It wasn't super sharp. Like he, he was fooling hitters, but he wasn't like, it, it wasn't like, Oh, he just can't hit it. It was more like, Oh, I was expecting this pitch. Okay. Um, and Pittsburgh, I mean, let's face it. Every pitcher gets better once they leave Pittsburgh. They don't develop there so many times. That That's concerning. And we keep on, you know, I think, 
you know, Mitch Keller, for instance, you know, is another guy that hasn't taken that next step. He came close last year at times. He's throwing like 113 at driveline, though. Yeah, I know. And then, <laughs> but unfortunately, a driveline doesn't have their own stadium and their own team. So, uh, yeah. I just, I love last year, Mitch Keller was the, like the driveline. I don't even know. He went to one of those places. I think he's a driveline guy, but, uh, or he was throwing like 100 in, yeah. in February, whatever it was. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much of Ronzi I'll have. I had a chance to get him and didn't take him in labor. Um, and I think he went one pick after me, if I recall correctly, pulling up the draft grid now. Uh, cause, uh, and, and, you know, but I, I saw him go off and I'm like, yeah, that would, I, that would have been a fun one to have, but I really wasn't in on it at the time. Uh, God, where did, where did he go that, you know, I'm sorry. This is great. Great podcasting here. So I'll just, it'll probably be easier. Just like search for him. That would be, there's, there's a novel concept. Control, there, but, control F Jeff. Yes, I know. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I took, oh, it was around, it was late. It's round 23. Uh, there's another guy that's on our outline that I regretted missing out on more. Ronzi went really late in our draft. He, that, he is, went, that is late. That's, uh, that's like, yeah, that's like pick 350 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I went with, I took a closer spec in Brandon Hughes instead. And then I was like, eh, and then I saw Ronzi go. But more importantly, Kyle Bradish went two picks later uh, to uh, Rudy Gamble. And that's the one I was like, oh, that's who I should have taken. So let's talk about Kyle Bradish now then, since you brought him up. I uh, This was one that I put him on a list, and I was like, I'm going to love Kyle Bradish, the second half breakout. Um, I was surprised how, when I got into it, the first half of the area was 7.38, second half was 3.28. He wasn't that much different. The K rate was the same first and second half. The walker was actually up. It was just a gigantic Babbitt change from first half, second half. I was surprised when I looked. I think that a lot of his second half was just kind of getting a lot luckier than he was in the first half. I didn't see, I was hoping to see a really a big step up, but I thought I was going to, because there were times where I was throwing Bradish and I was loving it. He's pitches in a, you know, new, a park now that's a good place to pitch. Um, I'm a little bit worried. I mean, the, the, the price is 347. So like, I think at that price, like you can't go wrong, but I am not as much in as on, on Bradish. I thought I'd be when I, when I started the deep dive. Yeah. Um, but was it just because he was, exceptionally unlucky early on and this was just a correction or was he exceptionally lucky late he was uh he was exceptionally lucky in the second half okay okay babbitt in the second half was 253 uh now he was really unlucky in the first half it was 396 so yeah he there was there was definitely some correction that's coming. pretty polar there oh it's my gosh really polar. it was great I, I couldn't believe when i looked at it i just thought i thought maybe the other stuff would be a little different it really wasn't i mean you look at the first half First half K rate was 21.7. Second half K rate was 21.9. Eight and a half walk rate in the first half. Nine and a half walk rate in the second half. So that actually went up. Um, I just, uh, when I looked at it, I couldn't believe how much of it was just literally the BABIP. It was, it was, it was wild. It was, you talk about, you talk about that making a difference. And boy, it was a difference to him. We went from really unlucky to really lucky. And uh, I don't know, I I assume we'll land somewhere in the middle. And I, uh, I was hoping for, to find, as I look deeper, that uh, I liked the second half as like something that was a little more real. I like the velocity on him. Oh, it throws um, hard, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I like the lack of exit velocity against him. Uh, I think average exit velocity was eighty-two and a half. I mean, that's that's. I think I like that. Um, I, I, you know, our outlook says he has similar, you know, like Statcast metrics to Burns and Gallon and Rasmussen. Uh, Rasmussen. Uh, I'm very. I can't forever re- reason I can't pronounce his name, even though Isn't it's it very simple Ras- common name. Ras- Rasmussen. Yeah, Rasmussen. I guess that's it. If I go must instead of muse, then I'm good. Um, <laughs> good to know. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I this there's there's a kind of like maybe it's just a, a sense or maybe I read something positive about him once and it stuck with me. Anyhow, I want more Bradish in my life. 
Yeah, 30 percentile whiff rate, 9 percentile chase rate. I thought those were surprising to me too with a guy that throws as hard as he does. Um, I was surprised. I thought I was going to be in for sure. And then when I looked deeper, I wasn't. I mean, it's, again, it's pick 347. Like, you know, you don't have to be that in to be in. But uh, I thought it was going to be a target for me. And I think it's kind of a guy that if I, I'm okay taking him in there, but not someone I'm pushing up or targeting really. Fair enough. Brian uh, Bayo, is it Bayo or Bello? It's got to be Bayo, right? I think so. Uh, Brian Bayo had, uh, we talked about him a little bit last week. He had some forearm tightness, but he did throw a bullpen today. This is a profile that I, that I do like. And obviously I need to see him pitching in games and forearm tightness is a awful thing to hear for a pitcher. You hate to hear that. It's like, it's, it's like oblique tightness for a hitter. I, I hate hearing it, but yeah, we, we just mentioned Lance McCullers. I yeah. mean, electric in the minors last year, he threw 96 innings in the minors last year, 34% strikeout rate. He has a few too many walks. I will give you that, but 2.34, 1.04 on the ratios in 96 innings. Uh, he did come up and he threw 57 innings in the majors. I do like that. He wasn't very good. It was 471, 178, but I like he got his, got his feet wet a little bit, uh, get through. Uh, he made 11 starts in the, in the majors. Uh, strikeout rate went way down in the majors. We see that with a lot of guys that their first time up, but I, uh, I like this profile. I think that he has a chance to be pretty good off the bat. He's been working with Pedro Martinez a lot, been, a lot been talked about there. Um, pick, uh, pick 346. Uh, I'm, I'm going Bayo over Bradish, believe it or not. Um, I, I will join you on Bayo watch. Uh, I, I had, I got him in labor. I like it. Thank you. And, and thank you to everybody in the uh, chat room. Tell me it is Bayo. Yes. Yes. Um, and thank you for setting me up so nicely there on that. You're welcome. But, uh, that's, what, that's what I do. I got him in the 27th round. Now, of course, the fact that he might start the year in the minors is concerning. Yeah, it's a problem. Uh, and the four, on the IL. Tightness, forearm tightness, slow start just doesn't help someone that, you know, needed to, needed to make a splash in camp, which is yeah. uh, concerning. I, I don't love that, but, uh, I like the profile. I just uh, I, I need to see I need to see him pitch in a couple games and see what happens here. But I do like the profile here. And they yeah. got they have a weird weird rotation. We talked about it a little bit last week. They have Sale and then Kluber, Pavetta, James Paxton, maybe Garrett Whitlock, maybe. We just don't know what this rotation is going to look like. Tanner Houck, maybe Tanner Houck, yeah. maybe that's a good point too. I just uh, we have no idea what it's going to look in a month when the season starts. It could be yeah. anywhere. This is the downside to drafting early is guys like this. Him and uh, Hayden Wesneski on the Cubs, who I also. Uh, grabbed in LABR uh, on Tuesday. The, both of those guys, both of those guys, are could be start the year in, the, in AAA, or they could both be striking out a ton of guys. And uh, you know, they're dart throws. And I might be, I might have two guys I have to replace in the first Fab period. Um, so yeah. And if you want to read about uh, Jeff's labor team, you did write an article about that on the site, right? I did. Uh, it's it just posted today. Uh, nice. Check it out, rotowire.com/pod. Dude, I set that up so well. You yes, set you me up well on Hayden Wesneski too. That's my next guy to talk about. Uh, I, uh, I picked up Wesneski in the main event last year. He was really solid for me. Uh, 2.18 ERA, 0.94 innings. His 22 innings box. We picked him up really late in the year. I think he made his last four starts all in September. Um, he doesn't throw hard. He only throws. Uh, he only throws about 93. But you look at his, his minor league numbers uh, in in 2022 across uh, AAA with the Yankees and the Cubs. 392, 115, and 110 innings. In 2021, across three levels, he was 325-112. Really good ratios. He's a good control guy. He just he, he didn't walk many guys uh, when he came up. He only had 5.3% walk rate. And then the minors in AAA with the Yankees last year is only 7.5%. So he's a good, good, uh, good control guy, which I like. I think he's just someone he's just really he'll be really solid. I don't think you're obviously not gonna get the, the ratios we got last year, but I think he's a could be a, a mid to high three ERA guy. I think the whip will be decent enough because of the, the lack of walks. 
I just think I like get a guy like this in the 21st, 22nd round. Um, you know, he's in the mix for the number five now. There's a that's the one issue here is he may not start the season uh, with the Cubs in the rotation. So that's the problem here. Uh, you look at the Cubs rotation and it's uh, it's probably although Justin Steele went had some injury stuff today. So there, yeah, yeah, that could be a pushback there. You know, it's uh, I guess it's he's have or, a way of changing really fast, really fast with pitchers. It's him or like Adrian Sampson, I guess, is maybe the maybe the two guys going for the fifth spot. If I if I look at their uh, their depth chart. I mean, I would hope they would go Wisniewski over over Adrian Sampson, but who knows here? And they got Drew Smiley in there too. Uh, I think there's gonna be an opportunity for Wisniewski pretty quick if it's not right away. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh man, I I I, I want him over a bunch of the, like over, over like Drew Smiley and all these yeah. non upside sort of guys. He's the one. He's one of the few guys in that uh, that rotation that has like really good palpable upside. Yeah, I, I like it. I think the price is the uh, price is really nice right now. Obviously, if he won a job, he would start to move up a little bit. Um, and then uh, so, but I do like I do like the profile. I think just someone that that won't hurt you. And in the three thirties, like you get someone that doesn't hurt you, that that's a win right there. Absolutely. Some of the chats asking about remembering when Mike Piazza was on Baywatch. I definitely remember that episode. It was weird that he's wearing his jersey and swinging the bat on the beach. It's always a, it's a very, <laughs> very it's just such a weird scene. Um, Last guy in this range I want to ask you before we drop into a few guys a little more deeper. We talked about Andrew Painter earlier, the 19-year-old, uh, potentially in the uh, in the mix for the Phillies' number five job. We talked about him uh, throwing up, giving up a home run to Schwarber uh, in camp, and it was a good little uh, clip on social media. He was a 13th overall pick in 2021. He's a, a high-riser here. Like I said, he's 19 years old. He does turn 20 on April 10th, so possibly if he makes the rotation, could pitch a game in the majors at 19. Uh, he had made, he pitched 103 innings last year across A and AA, 1.56 ERA, 0.89 WHIP. Obviously, really, really good. 155 strikeouts on his three innings. This is a a guy with a ton of upside. Obviously, he's 19. You have to preface everything you say with that. Um, if he breaks camp with a team, are you willing to uh, pay a little bit up on this price here? What do you do with a 19 year old guy that uh, obviously has electric stuff? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I will, and I think. I don't think he starts here in the majors, yeah. though. I think I think Falter's a good enough option that they they don't feel right. like they need to rush him right away. But just like you saw with the Cubs, you know, with you know one guy goes down, all of a sudden you don't yeah. even have to make that decision. But they might manage him. It'll be, it, it, you know, it's him and Grayson Rodriguez are two of the toughest guys to put a price on. Yep, because they they look like they're going to be really good, but you have to question their usage a little bit there, and that's always tricky. Yeah, we talked about with Rodriguez a couple weeks ago. If you get those. If he pitches innings, but they're all four inning starts, it's really hard fantasy wise because you, you don't get any wins out of that. The strikeouts are a little limited by the inning usage. It's really tough to use that. And Rodriguez's price is obviously a lot higher. Um, he's, you know, they've pretty much said he's going to make the opening day rotation. But you're right. If they go, he's got a lot of four inning stints. It's hard to use in fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, that might be how they do, they do it right away. Uh, or they could just say, okay, Ranger Suarez, you're a swing man. We'll have yep. you start sometimes. We'll have you in the bullpen sometimes. That could be a way to go around it too. Uh, yeah, that that I, I actually kind of like that idea. I don't think that's a that's a bad idea right there. I imagine that, uh, or you could piggyback him and Falter together. There's a lot of ways you could put it together, but it'd be a lot of fun to have a 19 year old dude throwing gas on for the Phillies. That'd be uh, that'd be a fun watch uh, every fifth day. Yeah, exactly. Before we get to a few more names, a little deeper in the starting pitcher list here, a note from our sponsors at Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for all kinds of baseball leagues, whether it be Dynasty, Keeper, Redraft, or Best Ball Leagues. Are you coming from another service? Fantrax makes that easy as well, as they can import any of your current leagues and customize as you need. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. 
you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. You can use your scoring system, fab, head-to-head scheduling, all kinds of different various categories. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. Sign up for free today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Sign up and go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X dot com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. So, Jeff, we've gone way too far without talking about a couple of A's pitchers. I want to talk about a couple here, one in the mid-300s and one in the uh, high 400s. The first is Ken Waldachuk, who uh, got called up uh, last year, made a couple starts. Actually had a big, uh, really good start on the last day of the season. I had a lot of guys not do well for me late in the season. He was one that the last day was uh, was nice clicking on that box. So I think he shut out the Angels um, over six innings or something like that. Uh, yeah, seven, but so did you the next day, too. So, but there was... I... Yeah, but his Angels counted, were horrific offensively yeah. late in the season. Luck, luckily, his stats counted a lot more than mine did. Um, 34 innings across the majors. He made seven starts uh, getting called after he got called up the A's. 4.93, not great there. 1.21 whip is workable there. Uh, K rate was 22.5%. Walk rate, 6.8%. Uh, this is a good home park. It's a really, really bad team, as we have uh, explained many times when it comes to uh, Oakland A's baseball. But he, excuse me, he was a big K guy in the in the minors though. I was, uh, you look at the K rate in the majors; it wasn't high. It was only thirty four innings. But he had a lot of a uh, lot of seasons where he's a big K guy in the minors. He's thirteen point four Ks per nine in the minors across two hundred thirty four innings. You look at all his minor league innings put together. Huge swinging strikeout numbers too. He had a he had a fifteen percent season, a sixteen percent season, a seventeen percent in the rookie ball. Like a lot of swing and miss here. His slider and his changeup were both over thirty percent whiff rate in a small sample in the majors. Um, I hate to take A's players, but man, this is the one I might be in on three ADP's three sixty six. Uh, I think he's a guy that I'm going to take like right before we get to the second break and just get him on my team. I really like the profile here. Yeah, um, it's just the organizational context. Uh, they still haven't traded Ramon Laureano. I remember that thread that you were involved in on Twitter. There, that's yep. the, that that still is one little uh, shoe to drop. But yeah, I, I actually like his talent. I like his skill. I just wins do matter. He's not going to get many wins. It's like drafting Reds pitchers. Same thing. If he just gets like all 24 of their wins himself, though, like that'd be, that'd be fun. That'd be pretty badass. Yeah. It'd be Carlton-esque. It would be very – that's a good – that's a good drop right there. We're, we're, we're aging ourselves a little bit. But that, that, Carlton had a year where he like – what do you have, like a third of the Phillies wins or like 35% of the Phillies wins or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, the other guy I wanted to ask you, are, are, do, you, do you like – so you like Walter Chuck a little bit? Not maybe as much as me, but you like him a little bit. I, I'm learning about him. I don't know enough about him. To be honest. I think it's hilarious that we talked about Wesneski and Waldachuk and you know the the two guys that the Yankees got in those trades aren't going to pitch this year. Montas and it's not hilarious to the, the pitchers, but in Efros that these guys are actually pretty good. Yeah, that's just true. I uh, and it, it, the weird thing with the A's is that we don't know who their five stars are going to be. It's weird they really have a a glut of okay guys. So they've got a lot of guys. That, it seems like the stories I read is that. Uh, uh, Fuji from Japan is going to pitch. He's going to start uh, Rusinski coming over from the Korean league used to be with the, the blue Jays. And then uh, Paul Blackburn, like those three guys are pretty much locked in the rotation spots, which gives you, you know, two spots for a bunch of guys, including Walter Chuck. Uh, they got a, Adam Allers in there. And all the, the other guy I want to talk about Kyle Muller, his uh, ADP is after the 30th round in a, in a 15th year is four ninety. Um, he's got someone that's really, really good in triple A last year. I remember in triple we were always like, When's Kyle Muller getting called up so we can all pick him up and fab for the Braves? Uh, he was 3-4-1 with a 
134 innings last year for the Braves. Uh, 29% strikeout rate in AAA last year, 7.5% walk rate. His walks were an issue in 2021. He seems like he really fixed that down to 7.4%. Uh, walks are way down. Uh, swing strike rate, 14%. And um, if I'm not wrong, Mark Kotze called him a mix of Madison Bumgarner and uh, I can't even remember the other name. We call them a mix of like two stud all-star pitchers this week. Yeah, well, uh, that that's... Okay, that's the sort of thing I'm not going to pay attention right? to in spring training. But... It's the exact example of something not to talk about. I went back, the funny thing is I went back, I'm like, this quote seems insane. So I went back and looked at it. It was a mix of uh, Mark Mulder and Madison Bumgarner. That was it. Yeah. And then I, I read the actual, I listened to the actual quote from Conte, and he said he's like Bumgarner because he's big, he's lefty, he likes to hunt a lot. <laughs> well, hey... Does he like, like dirt bike a lot I'm too? Like, you took that quote and said he was a mix. It was so, I was like, oh, I'm going to throw that quote away. But uh, Mueller seems like, I mean, he came over in the, um, the Sean Murphy trade. Um, right. Someone they seem to like, and people really liked him triple A last year. He's not a, you know, he's not, he's not like every guy's ever going to be a one or a two, but like, I think he's just, it kind of profiles like a solid three for them. And I think that uh, they've got, they've got a lot of guys, but none of them are really good. I think that Mueller's going to get a chance to pitch pretty soon. I think he's going to be pretty decent. I think that, uh, I think he'll be a good kind of fill-in bench starter that maybe maybe is a guy that you can use a little more than that in the second half. Yeah, and I wouldn't count out J.P. Sears yet either. That was um, the other name I was thinking. I couldn't think of last name. That's the name yeah. you're right. Speaking yeah, of Caprillian speaking, of, Yan- speaking like of Yankees trades, and Caprillion seems like that's uh, that shoulder is a big problem again. So it is. Uh, I mean, they're 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 trying to get him around, and if he's if he gets to healthy, they probably give him a spot. But yeah, I think that's uh, I think we're a step away from that. I know we're doing starting pitchers, but it is A's talk time. So who's their closer? It's a really good question. I mean, the funny thing is the A's don't pay anybody and they paid Trevor May pretty decently. Um, yeah. I tend to think they'll probably mix and match a little bit, but I think May's probably the one that gets uh, gets the, the brunt of it early on. You look at, uh, you know, he was pretty good in 2021. He was a 3-6 ERA, 1-2-6 whip, uh, big strikeout rate in, in, in uh, the majors in 2020. did pitch a lot last year, only 25 innings. Um, I think it's May to start, but I think it's a uh, maybe him two thirds of the time mixing around. I think it's a committee, but uh, May would be the guy that I pick for the first first outing. Yep. Okay. Let's see, guy. I want to. I'm going to ask you about uh, kind of since we're sticking in the in the young guy range, a guy that got a little bit of a uh, little bit of spice uh, yesterday is Mackenzie Gore. Was throwing 96 in his uh, his outing for the Nats. Um, former third overall pick, obviously a really 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 good uh, high level pedigree prospect. He was traded. He was in the Juan Soto trade, right? Yes. Yes, he uh, was. Not good in the majors last year. Uh, 20 to 70 innings, 4.4.5 ERA, 1.47 uh, whip. The walk rate was really a problem, 12%. Uh, are you in on uh, the McGinsey Gore pedigree here, the 96 in spring training? Uh, 80p's 370. I assume that's going up a little bit after after yesterday. But uh, where are you on this uh, formerly, uh, formerly high, highly regarded prospect? Uh, I mean, he got hurt so many times. And he got hurt again last year. I mean, he was like, he was super trendy in draft season, like the last week or two of draft season last year. Uh, And he was fine until he got hurt. Yeah. But then he got hurt. And that was, that's kind of the point. And then you look like he was great. Oh, he had a 147 whip. Okay. Um, And he's going to be on a team. Speaking of no wins, uh, which I, I think the Nats lineup might be more depressing than the A's. They're uh, both uh, they're both both plus two eighty for uh, most losses in the major in major leagues. They are the two. I guess you call them the favorites. I don't know. If that's leaders the in the clubhouse. The leaders in the, the clubhouse are going to give them a good strong run for their money. Too. Oh, the Reds will be better. The Reds will be better than them. 
Yeah, definitely. Clearly better. The Nationals lineup is bad. You're right. I'm just, yeah. I just, I knew it was, but I'm looking at it. It's, it's, it's gross. Abandon all wins. He who enter here. Heimer Candelaro is hitting fourth. Oh, that that's just don't <laughs> just don't just stop. Yeah. Wow, it, that's not bad. Good. They want to at least you know what? They, at least they have the trophy. You know, they do. It's crazy that they won it. In, what was that? 2018. Yeah, it wasn't that and long they have ago. Nobody left from that team. Strasburg's still there. Uh, again, Jeff, <laughs> they have nobody left from that team. I mean, so and the young guys too. Soto, Turner, Rendon. I mean, Scherzer's obviously not young, but I mean, everybody's gone. It's wild. The, the Soto thing is because that was supposed to be like the bridge from that, you know, that yeah. team, you know, team to the next great Nats team. They've had some bad luck. Um, you know, seeing like uh, who's the prospect uh, shortstop Carter Keyboom get oh, yeah. him getting hurt and not developing. Victor Robles not developing. You know, they're counting on some of the things like that happened that they, they gave the long-term contract to Corbin and Corbin didn't work out. He got, he blew up immediately after that. Uh, and that was to the, you know, and that's to the exclusion of like keeping Rendon, for instance, there. They, you know, I, I don't know if it was to exclusion, like they chose to go Corbin over Rendon, maybe Rendon just left. Uh, but point is they didn't keep him. And Yeah. And not that Rendon's been good. He's been hurt a lot with the Angels, but, uh, you know, they just lost everybody. They, you know, and they kind of, I mean, they had veterans like Howie Kendrick was never going to stick around. You know, yeah. Adam Eaton was not a building block. He, he worked out for that year. And Justin Mason, the chat correct me, was actually 2019, and that's when the World Series. So even, even a year closer, that's just, that's wild. Yes. Some of the chat asked who's hitting fourth for the A's. I, I, I assume it's probably Jesus Aguilar. Uh, uh, you know, Seth Brown hits third, Aguilar hits fourth. And Langoliers probably hits fifth, something like that. But uh, yeah, probably better than Heimer Candelario. Maybe, arguably, yeah, arguably. Um, another guy, since we're talking Nats, uh, Josiah Gray was someone that uh, had a lot of buzz last year. He was a big prospect over in the uh, from the Dodgers. And was that the Scherzer trade? Probably the Scherzer trade. Trade uh, Turner, yes, Turner, and Scherzer were the same trade, right? Otherwise. Yes, they were. Um, rough 2022 for Josiah Gray, formerly a really big prospect for, uh, for the Dodgers, uh, Cincinnati first and the Dodgers, um, 5.02 ERA, 1.36 whip string, swing strike weight fell off pretty badly from 2020. He only, he only threw 70 in 2021, but fell off pretty badly. 14.1%, 11.4%. You and I talked about great last year. Like, look at the swing strike rate. Look at the strikeouts. Like this is coming pretty quick. Um, they didn't come and the, and the walk stayed. So that's a problem there. Uh, ton of hard contact too. his barrel rate a ton of home over, runs yeah, yeah barrel rate is over 10 percent. his home runs are over two per like usually like high ones per nine or mid ones per nine is really good his over two per nine each of the last two seasons he gives up a ton of home runs, ton of fly balls 49 percent fly ball rate as i got deeper into josiah gray i think he's just he's due to explode any outing i don't i don't think i want any part of this if i recall correctly he was reasonable in the first half and just blew up over the second half I don't know if that that doesn't really that, that's not a, an argument in favor of you're that. Right. He was, you're right though. He was four four in the first half and over six in the second half. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that that's a concern. But uh, uh, you know, I, yeah. I'll I'll watch. I'll root for him from afar. Twenty seven percent striker right in the first half. Eighteen point seven percent in the second half. Yeah. No play for Mister Gray is what we're saying here. Wow, I actually got that reference. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a rough fall off, and I just I would be concerned about what was going on there. 
what about in Yankee Land? Uh, what happens now that uh, you know Frankie Montas is is done uh, for this season? He's having surgery on his shoulder. Uh, it looks like Domingo Herman may uh, slide into that uh, into that fifth uh, spot. You know, the previously uh, the guy who's been been good for them, been in their rotation before. His ADP is on the rise. Uh, when I when I did this, uh, looked at this last week, it was like four thirties. Now he's four oh seven. Uh, 3.61116 ERA in 2022 across his 72 innings. Strikeout rate has really fallen off with with Herman though. He's got 27% in 2018, 26% in 2019, 24% in 2021, under 20% last year. Uh, swing and strike rate really crashed last year. 14.5% in 2021, 11.3% in 2022. But pick 400, uh, potential for a lot of wins if he sticks in the rotation. Are you uh, are you willing to take a chance on Domingo Herman? Yeah, maybe. I mean, at, at that price, I'm almost willing to take a chance on anyone. He's really uh, a really good whip guy. Even the even in 2021, was ERA was over four and a half. His whip was one one eight. Um, he doesn't walk guys. You know, the walk rate's about six and a half percent each of the last three years. Uh, but weirdly, a really good whip guy the last three years, and that's hard to find late in drafts too. Yeah, it is. Uh, I would say, yeah, I, I I I would think though that the Yankees won't be content with just staying with him. I think they'll try to improve on that. Yeah. I think now that you're Montas is out before the season, are you saying like at the at the at the trade deadline? Yeah, probably by the trade deadline, okay. if you, if not sooner, um, if they can. I mean, I he I he could turn in a season like you know he he's capable of having that big season, but I, I think he'll have a pretty short leash, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, not, if he gets not, off to a bad start, they'll find somebody else, and it could be Luis Heel coming back from injury later on. Uh, could be a prospect. I, I just. I, I think that, you know, and we'll see. I mean, Nestor Cortez is dealing with a hammy right now, too. They might give Clark Schmidt another chance. Uh, I, I think that there'll, there'll be some fluidity here in this situation. You answered the question before I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you if they, who you thought if they had to be coming up, there was like a huge prospect. I guess it's, it's probably Clark Schmidt that would be the next next lineup if they wanted to go with someone else. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, most of their pro- top prospects are all hitters, though. You know, yeah. they have a l- number of top 100 prospects, and they're all hitters. Uh, Jason Dominguez, you got Volpe, Peraza, and Cabrera. You know, yeah. Austin Wells, you know. They do have a lot of, too, they got a lot of guys coming up. That's uh, that's just not fair. Uh, last guy I want to ask you about, it kind of goes with the uh, Andrew Painter discussion we had earlier. Uh, Bailey Falter is way down here, too. We're talking the, we, we, I, I kind of paired him with Herman because you're looking for cheap wins. You're looking for guys on really good offenses that aren't going to hurt you in the ratios. Now, Falter last year was decent. It was 386, 1.21 uh, whip. He's not a strikeout guy, but he's a, he is a control guy. His walk rate was under 5% last year. That helps with the whip. But he only 21, 21.2% strikeout guy. Although he's, he was 29% in the minors. So maybe there's a little more coming there. His stat cast page is rough. There's not a lot to love there. He only throws 91, except the walk rate. The walk rate's obviously really good there, but the rest of it's pretty blue. Has a 30% uh, whiff rate on his curve and slider. So maybe get a few more strikeouts. Um, he just feels like a guy to me, like he may be a streamer for cheap wins, but I was, I would find it hard to get too excited about him. Yeah. And you know, I wonder if the shift rules protected a team like the Phillies who have two corner outfielders that don't exhibit a whole lot of range. Uh, but if you protect the ball from getting to them for prevent them from having to cover too much ground, yeah. well, then it's okay. And then maybe that ballpark helps them a little bit too, as, as far as it goes, but I almost wonder, like a pitch to contact guy gets hurt a little bit more uh, under the new shift rules, and Falter strikes me as that type of guy that could get hurt by that. So it's a, actually a really interesting point because we've talked so much about hitters how they're affected by the shifts. We don't really hear talk, people talk about pitchers as much. You're right, a a contact guy, uh, you know, it's, that that could be tough with the uh, especially with their defense, like you mentioned, the left and right field. That's, uh, that's an interesting point. I like that. 
Yeah, and it's not like Hoskins covers a lot of ground at first base either. By the way, Hoskins might not be ready for the start of the season. You saw that note. Uh, he had a meniscus thing repaired in the offseason. They just disclosed that now, and he's not going to play spring training games to the end of the week. He may be fine. Yeah, but this seems like one of those sneaky reveals that you're like, uh oh, that, the Starling Marte one was weird, too. Like it was like he had some kind of leg thing. And double groin surgery. Double yes. groin. Like that does not sound like a fun surgery, by the way. No, double groin is no. like there's not much that sounds a lot worse than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird how we get the sneaky, like just the just the, the drops like that. Uh, before we jump out of here real quick, just a few quick uh, late relievers I wanted to ask you about uh, who do you, after pick 225. Are there any like particular relievers you're like you know what i really want to get this guy is anybody you're really targeting here in this uh i guess we'll call it the second half of the draft that uh, you you like as a as a sneaky closer guy yeah uh you put up a, a pretty good list there uh you know uh, and I, I wanted to say fairbanks but he's not going that late he's yeah, going he's, 194 he's now. now yeah yeah um i i think carlos estevis is interesting but we mentioned the the competitions that kid uh ben jacobs out of uh you know university of tennessee ben joyce uh, Ben Joyce. Why did I say yeah. Jacobs? I don't know. Um, I'm weird. Ben Jacobs. Is that someone? Uh, probably was. Maybe a Reds prospect of yours. Running back like for the oh, running back the Giants is Brandon Jacobs, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who's the guy that there was a Ben something or other that the Reds traded to Philly, um, and then he went to Korea and then he came back. Uh, good story. Ben, uh, ben Grieve? No, he's a pitcher. I was I was sure Ben Grieve was making the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Me. I do like Carlos Estevez, by the way. Um, and Matt Gibson brought him up. I do like him, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the competition is the kid. Uh, but I think Estevez, I mean, the Angels made a point of going and getting him. Now, getting out of Colorado is not necessarily a panacea. It's almost like Colorado permanently ruins the pitcher sometimes. Now, you're like, oh, Ubaldo's finally out of Colorado. He's going to be Ubaldo. amazing. He wasn't amazing. Um, it's just one example, but Hampton was never that great after leaving Colorado either. I, I know my, my references are all very topical, but, um, I, I point is it's not necessarily like, okay, he's fine. He's safe now, but Estevis can pitch. He can, he can be okay at times. So I think he'll, but they also have plenty of options and Nevin will drive you crazy. Yeah. So, that, you know, as much as I like him, I'm not like, oh yeah, all in on him. Yeah, I think the the all in on Estevez because of the fact that I think he's probably the first guy to get the job. I don't. I looked at him as a pitcher. I'm just kind of okay on him. Twenty percent strikeout rate doesn't fire me up for a closer. Uh, he just uh, I don't know. He he seems just okay to me. I looked at his pitches and you know his, he throws seventy uh, percent fastballs. The whiff rate's only twenty one percent. The slider only gets a twenty one percent whiff rate too. Like I don't think the fastballs are coming at all in the point. Yeah, I, I, I mean strikeouts. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I, I I agree um, about that. Uh, Evan Phillips was on your outline. I love Ooh, the skills. Man, I, I don't trust the role because, and, and a lot of people are saying, you know, that the closer is going to be someone not on the roster. I could see that happening. I mean, last year they traded for Kimbrell super late. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year, right? For AJ Pollock. Man, time goes by. I think, yeah, you're, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think uh, yeah, we were in Palm Springs for like two days. Uh, just no, it was the 20, season, 2021. 2021. He was, he was with the Dodgers all year last year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he was like, he was moved. He moved way up in draft prices last year. He was, he was like the six or seven closer draft I think last year. Yeah. No, the trade to the Dodgers. That's the one I'm talking about. Was yeah, last that was, year. That was 2021. He pitched. He, he was all year with the Dodgers last year. I thought it was, he, tra he was in trade in spring training. Wasn't he? Unless, uh, uh, oh, it could, it could be spring training. Oh, you're right. It wasn't spring training. I was thinking during the season, he got traded during the season 2021, but you're right. The Dodgers was spring training last year. You're right. 
Yeah, okay. It was that's, to, that's when his price spiked. Yeah, he was traded to the yeah. White Sox the year before in season. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, from the I Cubs. was looking at I was looking at the two teams in 2021, but you're right. It was it was spring training last year. That's right. For the great I mean, Nick it, Nick Madrigal. Um yeah. uh, the, the, the it was the Cubs to White Sox trade. Was Madrigal's hit, out of a job now. It's kind of Madrigal's gonna hit three forty for his whole career. Yeah. And that, that and that's why I missed on Steven Nick Madrigal is why I missed on Steven Kwan last year. It's like, oh, you know, it's yeah. it's it's Madrigal writ large, but no, Quan's actually a legitimate, real good hitter. Yeah, you're good. right. That's right. I remember now. You remember that Kimmel went, Kimmel got moved up, and then he just went flying up ADP because obviously yep. he's gonna be the Dodgers closer. Uh, I love. I mean, I love Evan Phillips. His ADP is two thirty five, so that's about the sixteenth round. I just, I think it's definitely committed to start in LA. It have to be like someone really wins the job. The problem is that Daniel Hudson's really good too. Daniel Hudson was you know two 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 point uh, nine WHIP last year. The 31% right K rate. I only had through 24 innings, but you look at 2021, 51 innings, he was 331, 108 with a 36% strikeout rate. So, like, yeah. as much as you look at Evan Phillips and like he's over to the 90th percentile, like every stat cast metric across the board, you know, his slider is unbelievable, 42% whiff rate. He throws that 44% of the time. He's awesome, but I mean, Daniel Hudson's a really good option too. They just, they're just, it's, I think they're going to go. Kind of, it's getting, getting saves is going to be frustrating with those guys. Yeah. Bruised our Gretterall is good too. Yeah. I mean, What's well, the Dodgers? They just everybody they throw out there is freaking good. I think I will have a little Evan Phillips though at that price. So that price is round sixteen. So you figure you probably if you do it, is he has to be your third closer? Or you, I guess you he's probably gonna be your second. You're not gonna have two closers. Honestly, I might take it. You know, I'm doing the twelve uh, the Roto Online Championship tomorrow night. I'm more inclined to take that chance in the twelve because if you don't, if you miss there, it's not as harmful. And it's but round if you hit, twenty. Round twenty, it's your third guy. And if it hits, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, I like um, that too. Yeah, it could be Hudson's the guy, but Hudson's coming off an injury. I'm not guaranteed on that. Justin thinks Justin Mason thinks it's going to be Hudson. I don't. Uh, I just know that there's going to be a guy. I think that there's going to be mixing and matching. I think Hudson and Phillips will be the ones who get the most opportunities, but I think it's going to mix and match pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it did cost them last year in the playoffs that they didn't have a guy. Uh, although, I think they would love to have a guy in the by like August that they're like, all right, this is me. The one thrown out there. But the guy they traded for was supposed to be the guy was Kimbrell who lost the job in the end of the regular season. In fact, they lost it in September. You know, you're a team that had a hundred plus wins, you know, trades their closer out in September. I mean, that's, you never see that happening. Yeah. He was, uh, that was, that was the King pure King Craig Kimbrell experience last year. That was every time he came in, you just felt a little nervous. Last guy I want to ask you about before we jump out of here. Uh, someone who's getting a little bit of buzz and moving up at ADP is in Chicago with Reynaldo Lopez. Um, obviously, Liam Hendricks uh, has the health issue he's uh, he's dealing with. Uh, Kendall Graveman is kind of the presumed next guy up. But Reynaldo Lopez is interesting. He's someone that people love as a starter like five, four or five years ago and just never fully worked out. Uh, but you look at him as a reliever over the last two years. They converted him to his reliever in 2021. He, made, he was all starts in 2020. Um, but last year, 65 innings as a reliever. Uh, he made he made one start, but I think it was like an opener kind of start. Um, 2.76 ERA, 0.95 WHIP, 25% strikeout rate. Good doesn't jump off the page, but you look at the walk rate, 4.3%. Yeah. That's really nice. But the swing strike rate, 13.9%. You look at velocity. This guy that like threw 94, 95. Average fastball last year was 97.1. Like he's clearly a move to the bullpen, gas it out for inning kind of guy. And it, it's really just back-to-back years of the WHIP under one. Um, I think this is someone who's going to move before we get to main event drafts. His ADP right now, the last three weeks is 370. He is not getting past the se- the second break. I think he's going in the in the uh, in the late 200s somewhere in there. I think people are going to really jump on Reynaldo Lopez. Looking at the pitching spot here, I mean Kendall Graveman is just okay. You know he had that stint with Seattle where he was throwing you know 99 mile an hour pitches with movement, but 
Kendall Graham is not scare me as someone that's going to like keep and hold that job. If he does end up getting the job, the whip last year was one, four, like that's really rough for a closer too many guys on base. Um, I think Lopez is going to be moving and I think I'm, I'm willing to take the shot on it as he moves up. Dude, walk rate of like 4% last year. Yeah, awesome. Um, I mean, it's just, you just single-handedly moved him like 50 picks up right there. If, this if is the striker only, If only I had that power, that would be nice. Oh, you have that power. You just yeah. know how to use it wisely. I could, I could get Victor Robles back in the top 100 if I had that power. <laughs> so, so fast can make your head spin. Yeah. yeah. Reynaldo Lopez over Jorge Lopez. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, I, I agree there. Uh, I, I, you know, give, I think a lot of people do. I mean, let's face it. You, uh, Duran, uh, Duran goes before Lopez. Anyhow, as the case may be. Um, I think he does at least Jorge's at two sixty five since February 1st and all NFBC drafts. Uh, and Duran is at yeah one fifty four. Yeah. He's, it's not even close. Um, yeah, but yeah, I put some respect on Reynaldo's name. I'm with you on that one there. I think this is it's gonna be a, he's gonna be a mover. I'm not I'm not breaking ground. There's a lot of people that do like him. I've seen some some people tweet about him, but I mean, you give me a whip under one last two years. Uh, he's clearly a much different guy as a reliever, and I think he's gonna end up be the one. If I had to bet on most saves in the Sugar Bullpen, it for me it'd be it'd be Reynaldo Lopez. Yep. Anybody else pitcher wise you want to talk about? The funny thing is, I thought we were gonna combine this in last week, and it turned out to be his own podcast. There's a lot a lot of late pitchers to talk about. Uh, anybody else that was on your mind that we didn't hit? I tried to hit the most interesting kind of fun ones to talk about. No, I, I think we're pretty good. And, we, you know, it, it saves us for future podcasts when something else comes up and catches our eye. Uh, we will definitely have plenty of that. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, thanks to uh, Fantrax and Underdog for their sponsorship of the podcast uh, this preseason. We really, really appreciate them for that. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. Uh, we will be on there talking talking a lot of baseball here over the next month uh, as, uh, as drafts really, really get going. I know I always say that, but drafts are really getting going right now. Talking about a lot of signups. Uh, TGFBI starts tomorrow. Yes, Jeff? Yeah. Yogurt is going. What what spot are you drafting in yogurt? Uh, fifteen. Okay, are you happy with that? Uh, I am because it's a slow draft, and I put uh, the turns at the top on purpose. Ah, so smart. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'm drafting third. I think I'm happy with that. We'll see where which way I go. I mean, I'm not quite sure what I'm gonna go. Which way I'm gonna go with that? I, I if I don't have any Julio in my life yet, so I might go that way if it comes to me. We'll see otherwise. I, uh, I'm hoping to get some KDS up there in the main events just so I can do that exact thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to yogurt starting. Um, and, uh, yeah, it should be fun. Got a, got a good league. Uh, DJ shorts, right, right before me in the draft. So that's a tough guy to have right next to me, but like, uh, a lot of, a lot of good players in the league. I, by, I don't want to exclude anybody by, you know, omitting someone so i feel say, like that was a shot at everybody not named dj short in your league that felt like a challenge to the well it's just because he's drafting immediately before me that's <laughs> all but yes uh yeah i do i know myself in slow drafts i know i get frustrated so i decided to uh, do something about that and actually uh, uh put uh, change by kds for that so i actually do like the end of the draft so i think it's going to be an interesting build from back there i do uh, i love the first two guys I mean, i'm hoping to get a pitcher and a hitter but uh, we'll see how it goes yeah, I'm, I always pride myself on being very calm and patient about it and then tweeting about it like in that 37 seconds later when yeah. I'm getting I was impatient. Like, call so, it patient about it, and then after four minutes, you text me telling yes. me how slow, how slow exactly. you are. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm such yeah. a hypocrite. I am, uh, I'm just fully admitting that I'm a, uh, I'm a miserable, uh, you know, uh, someone who does not have a lot, a lot of patience for much. Yeah, and I'm going to have like, I'm going to have like yogurt, FSGA, and then I think Raz Slam starts this, is this, start this week or next week? I, it's, it's soon. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's usually a week after. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to try to be very good about it. Uh, no promises though. 
Yeah, beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We do really appreciate it. We'll be back at you uh, next Sunday night talking a ton more baseball. So hope everybody has a really good week and take care. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, a company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.